Welcome back to Autolux Autopod. I am your host, Everett J, the doctor to the car of Autolux Autopod. Today we're going to be looking at how a brand new prototype from Honda is bringing back the original Honda Civic from 1972. We're going to be looking at the brand new Honda E prototype and what is it going to do to Honda Motor Corporation. Autolux.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. I'm Everett J from Autolux.net. Keep following our Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, SoundCloud is where you will find the Autopod in all of the episodes, inclusive of our www.autolux.net Autopod page, which will also tie you into the SoundCloud Bytes. I'm Everett J looking at the brand new Honda E prototype, which is about to change the way that Honda is perceived in the marketplace. Back in 1972, Honda gave birth to an amazing car. Now we're going to take a little trip back and see where this Honda E prototype is coming from and what it is actually bringing back to the Honda Motor Corporation. If you actually look down a little further, you take a look on this page or our page or on a concept page or on Google. You look up Honda E prototype. This is the brand new electric car that Honda is about to release onto the world to help it bring it up against the likes of the Volkswagen ID platform. Tesla Model 3, we got things coming from Lightyear, Tech Rule, Fisker, Faraday Future, like anybody, anybody, any of those electric cars out there. This is going to be an entry level car. And Honda knows entry best. Why? Because Honda still prides itself on products like the Fit, the Civic, the HRV, the CRV. They don't go after big game. Whereas Dodge has the Challenger, the Charger, the Durango, you know, all these, you know, 40 to 60K vehicles. You know, that's not entry level for a college student. College student is looking at something that's roughly in the price range. Of $9,995 for a basic fit up to about $22,000. The standard college or pre-college or post-college graduate. This is products they're looking at. They can't afford these $60,000 Dodge Charger SRTs. Yeah, they want them. Can't afford them. In a society today that overexerts itself and spends, 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 they're willing to go out with. But when you get these little urban dwellers that are smart and realize they don't need to accumulate tons and tons and tons of debt, they like to save the environment and they want to own a product that's going to last a long time. They look back at what a lot of their parents bought back in July of 1972. Yes, the Toyota Corolla had already been released in the marketplace. The Volkswagen Beetle was ruling the world of small cars. And the Ford Pinto was about to blow up in all of our faces when a little company from Japan decided to bring over a little car called the Honda Civic. And it started to change the world from 1972 to the year 2000. This little subcompact car changed our perceptions of how we enter marketplace. He was doing what the Corolla and previous Corona hadn't done. They gave us a sedan. Honda said, that's good. We want to give the North American and Japanese marketplace the same thing the British Motor Works gave Great Britain and Europe. They gave them the Mini. They took the engine, they put it sideways, they shifted the transmission around. They created more interior room out of a smaller space. Why? Because in Europe, you need that. You got condensed thousand-year-old cities and towns. You gotta get around. Well, these cars weren't around 2,000 years ago. Not unless some alien life form was here booting around going, hey, we can use this place to our advantage. No. We had horses. We had buggies. We needed to get around. We didn't have a car. Well, in Great Britain, in European 
They had small cars. They had Le Car. They had the Citroen 2CV. They had the British Motor Corporation's Mini. Honda saw this and said, we don't like the big build things. Hell, here's the technology. The biggest thing we build is a Formula One race car. We build motorcycles. We build generators. We build lawnmowers. We're a power company. We run on the same field as companies like Yamaha, Suzuki, Kawasaki. We don't build big cars. We don't like to exert ourselves on excess. We're not like the big game North American players who want these massive 23 foot land yachts moving around. No. Oh, Sergio Honda did not believe that. He wanted to get everybody into vehicles. And he did that in July 1972 with the Honda Civic. He was born into a world that didn't quite accept it yet. No, it really wasn't until the 80s that when a lot of people started accepting it. But like I said, from 72 to 2000, it was a subcompact. Back in 2000, it started moving upscale into the more compact, and in some cases, mid-size marketplace. That kind of took away from its image. Even though back in its day, this thing ran with small car platforms. The Civic gave birth to amazing products. In over 10 years, 10 general well not 10 years, 10 generations of vehicles. It changed the way we saw small cars. Let's look back. The original 72 had a transverse mounted front wheel drive motor. Very similar to the BMC Mini. Saves on interior space and allows you to bring you and your occupants plus a small amount of cargo from place to place very easily, very economically. Why? Because this motor doesn't use a lot of fuel. 1972 was an amazing time for this Civic to be born. 1972 was one year before the 1973 gas crisis. Cha-ching! Honda capitalized before the world crashed out and needed something cheap to get around in. It's almost like they predicted the future, the same way The Simpsons predicts the future of everyone since 1989. Both of them have shown us and showed up places long before we ever knew it. Now, first generation, the second generation, gave it a foothold in the American marketplace. This small little hatchback came at the gas crisis. Perfect timing for a small car. The big three were caught off guard. They were caught their pants down. They were, they were taking a crap. And the Japanese were the ones outside the stall going, hell yeah, man, we can get in this marketplace. And North Americans like, what the hell do we do? We build big block V8s. We don't build small little four cylinders and get great gas mileage. Ford blew itself up with the Pinto. Chevrolet nearly killed itself with the Chevette. And Chrysler, well, <laughs> they almost died. And with them, American Motors died. Gremlin killed that thing. And even though the K car saved them, it still wasn't enough to compete. The Omni wasn't enough to compete. Nobody was able to take these guys down. They rose from the ashes of the gas crisis. Moving into the third and fourth generation, it filled up the gap during the 1980s, but a subpar appearance. You ever look back at the third and fourth generation of the Honda Civic? They, they were really the greatest looking things. But from the 80s, we started getting products. The third and fourth generation, we started getting some amazing products coming come along. We got CRX, the Del Sol, the first generation Prelude. Oh, this is some pretty amazing cars that these generations started bringing out to us. Hell, if it wasn't for the Honda Civic, Prelude may not be here. It eventually would have been because they got to just use the Honda Accord platform, which they later used for it. It's the reason why both products were killed off. Prelude was killed off long before the Honda Accord Coup. Essentially, the products were the same. Except for quad steer. That was amazing on those Preludes. Now, let's start moving to the 5th and 6th generation, and these cars are the ones that exploded the Civic into the world that we see today. They made this car. Yes. 5th and 6th generation. Go and look them up. Thin little wraparound lights moving up into the bubble lights. These were the early 90s to, to mid-90s designs. Now, take Look back. Let's take a look back at these cars. What catapulted these cars into massive stardom in the late 90s and early 2000s? I'll give you two words and a filler. Fast and furious. When those Civics, they're with their glowing green underbodies, 
hijacked that transport and slid underneath that container truck. That amazing stunt has been proven that you really can't do that. You've got to lower the car a lot more than that to do, be able to do that in real life. But that amazing stunt made everybody with a Civic believe they catapulted this car into stardom as it did the 1995 twin turbo Toyota Supra as well. You remember that was only fifth and sixth generation. Only halfway through the life cycle of the Civic all the way up until today. Yeah, Fast and Furious franchise catapulted this vehicle because of those truck scenes. The one at the beginning and the one at the end. These Civics were amazing vehicles and they liked to use them. Everybody had them because it was the cheap alternative for the college student. Honda still knew that. Even into its fourth and fifth generation, they knew college students were buying these things. They were buying them as their first vehicles. Why? Because they were cheap. They were easy to fix. They were Anybody could do anything to them. And the greatest thing about that, they made them workable. They made them so that anybody, anywhere, modified them too. It's a Civic for God's sakes. It's a two-door hatchback, fastback, coupe, four-door sedan, wagon you can take and make an amazing flying pegasus out. that car can go from the underdog to the unicorn so easily and by the mid 2000s this car was starting to win start getting into the seventh generation it kind of went back to the 1980s design with this bland boring styling started killing off the fast and furious franchise that had once created this civic and catapult into stardom yes look at the seventh generation the early 2000s civic they were butt ugly and the funny thing is i was once at the toronto indy and they had all the generations of the honda civic up on the wall because they now sponsored because it's now called the Honda Indy, but all the generations. And in the sixth generation spot and the seventh generation spot, they had the exact same car. The exact same car. It was actually quite funny. I don't know how other people actually pointed that out to any of the Honda Pavilion people, but I made it quite clear to them and even took a picture and posted it on the Facebook back in the day and stated that my fact as how smart do you have to be to own a Honda when they can't even get their billboard right? And apparently with the seventh generation, they just proved everything about it. Now, by the seventh generation and the aftermarket craze, thanks to the Fast and Furious franchise, these cars were going to get a horrible following known as the Walmart car. Why? Because you can buy parts for these damn things at Walmart. It's that easy to tune and that easy to find crap for. People were going to Walmart, you know, undercar lighting, cheap rims with spinners and doing all this weird crap. It became the Walmart car. Up here in Canada, we call it the Canadian Tire Car. Dirt cheap, dirt crap car. But hey, Honda still knew. They had a market, but they knew. Seventh generation. Oof, they kind of missed the mark on that one. So you move into the eighth generation. Hatch back which was never released in North America was an amazing looking product. It started bringing out the Civic SI again, pushing the envelope of the Type R. Unfortunately, the sedans and coupes in North America still weren't the world's greatest looking thing. They were great, a lot better than the 7th generation. This, you know, they were a short fat kit. That's how you explain the 8th generation of a Honda Civic. It was a short fat kit. Why? Because they're very low. Very wide. We get it. Wide track. Pontiac pushed that fact with the Grand Prix back in the day, but you know what? It didn't really work on a Civic. By the 9th generation, they decreased its size. They brought it back and made it skinnier. They made it better. And by the 9th and 10th generation, the Civic was back. 10th generation, they really went after the aftermarket world. But nowadays, with so many freaking governments going after the aftermarket industry, trying to destroy it for all of us who once loved it and once had a great time and great joy within it, due to a few minor, moronic people doing it at the wrong times and wrong times of the day, this marketplace now has to be filled by the actual corporations because police and that don't like us. 10th generation is also a lot bigger than that 1972 one that we originally
originally talked about. Now, this whole thing is about the Honda e-prototype. Honda e-prototype is what the Civic is going to be. 10th generation is now a compact. In some marketplaces, they consider it a midsize. So, where we once had a subcompact 1972 Honda Civic, the Honda Fit sits. Well, the Honda Fit hybrid, you can't do that. They've already tried it. Same with the Honda Civic hybrid. They don't make tons of money at these damn things. Well, the world's going green. Tesla's got the Model 3. Looks like it's creating the ID, which is eventually going to replace the Jetta and the Golf. Okay, you ever look at the prototype for the looks like an ID? It looks like 10th generation looks like a Golf. Yeah, and that's where Honda's going with the e-prototype. They're bringing back the original image of the 1972 Honda Civic, the one that got us all crazy about this car. Willing to spend thousands of dollars to get the original cars. Hell, my parents own a 1978 Honda Civic. 5-speed, three-door hatch, and it sold it for 500 bucks back in 1989. They still had that thing. I told my dad, you know how much that thing is worth the these days and now with the honda e prototype coming up they're going to be worth so much more because people are going to be looking at this thing going whoo where's it going where's it coming from the e prototype brings the civic back to its roots small size good for the environment it's hip for the younger crowd it's got the amazing good look for an urbanite it's got the bug eyed appeal something hip something chic something that goes with your clothes something that goes with your purse something that goes out with you everywhere and it saves the environment it's what the original 72 to 2000 honda civics were they saved the environment they were good they caught the college kids back behind the wheel of a vehicle now, Honda is trying to do this. Yes, they will do this because of the size of the e-prototype, the layouts, the futures. Unfortunately, the e-prototype, the original e-prototype was a three-door hatchback. But the e-prototype that you're seeing in near production form now, five-door hatchback, that is why. The original 72 will never fully come back because everyone remembers them as the three-door hatchback. But in today's society, a three-door hatchback is not that people want. Coupes and convertibles prove that the marketplace is dying. Coupes are a luxury feature. Coupe profiles aren't, but coupes upon themselves are a luxury feature and we've already followed that on one of our previous podcasts coupes are a dying breed where a three-door hatchback falls into the same crowd as a coupe it is a dying breed so the five-door hatchback e honda e-prototype will be what it is going to be its size will still be small its layout and features will be still amazing it'll run in the same crowds as the tesla we've seen the interior of this thing we've seen the exterior of this thing and this thing hits all of the right buttons at the right side it will bring people back to honda why because it'll be creating a marketplace that kids these these days are now looking for kids these days are looking to get into a car now we get it a lot of people are still starting to go with uber and lyft and getting away from car ownership in major cities but some of them are going to be going outside of cities going on these little day trips and that if they're going to be willing to rent or lease or getting to these programs where they can actually take these cars out over the weekend they're going to be doing it with small urbanite vehicles Honda e-prototype and it hits all those right buttons you can connect everything into full display it goes whatever you wear you will bring a new segment back into honda similar to what civics did back in the 70s you gotta remember back in the 70s 72 honda civic honda really wasn't even into sports cars wasn't into any type of car back then they wanted to hit the marketplace right on the head they wanted to hit it with a hammer and they did it with the honda civic and honda's going to do that with the e-prototype right now they're going to do it the same way the volkswagen id is going to do it and tesla is getting scared it's going to change the perception of the honda it's going to bring it back to this 1970s to 1990s charm it's cheap it's chic and it's eco-friendly and it is what essential honda envisioned years ago for the honda civic if he could see into the future if he was able to see where the future was going he would have perceived the honda civic would eventually become the e-prototype of 2020 so this really isn't about the history of the honda civic this is about the evolution of the honda civic the e-prototype may not hold the honda civic name yet but its future dictates the civic will either morph into it or it will die and the e-prototype will take over for it i remember ford did this with the taurus they created a bad product changed its image they called 500 and then eventually they brought back the ford taurus name because that name is so synonymous with mid-size cars
course. The prototype is so synonymous with the original subcompact Honda Civic that everybody loves, everybody cares about. And the Honda Fit, it never seemed to fit that place. It's kind of funny, it never fit the fit. So the prototype is going to be the one that's going to do it. It's going to bring Honda back from the brink of being left out of the in crowd. It's going to bring it back. But what things do we have to look forward to for the e-prototype that the Civic did over its, over its lifetime? Will we see Honda Civic Type R analogies, GTIs, SIs, or SIRs added to the e-prototype, blended in to what we remember? Or will the e-prototype just be the replacement for the base model Civic, where the Civic will be the sports car image of the platform? Well, this is ever looking at you and stating the Honda e-prototype is not a brand new product from Honda. No, it is an evolution of the original 1972 Honda Civic. It is bringing Honda back from whence it came from. Honda's not backstepping itself. It's only taking a step back to look at itself into the future. Its products may not be able to evolve into what they need to be for the future generations, for what the future needs of them. So they will do the similar things that a lot of their products, a lot of their companies doing. Polestar is doing this with Volvo. ID is doing this with Volkswagen. The I division is doing this for BMW. EQC is doing that for Mercedes. They are all doing it. So that if these things fail, they don't bring down the whole corporation. And the Honda E prototype is doing it. It is branching out. It is doing what the Prius line originally did and envisioned for the Toyota lineup. Had they just jumped in and thrown hybrids on every single thing, they could have killed themselves back then. But we create a product on its own, with its own image. That fails, it's just a failed product. You just shove it into the glove box and forget about it for the life of the products. The e-prototype is going to bring back what the original Civic did. In closing, it is not a new product. It is just the evolution of a past. This is Everett J talking to you from Autolux.net Autopod saying link in to our Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Google+, Pinterest, YouTube, and follow us on SoundCloud where you'll find all of our updated podcasts from the Autopod. If not, go to www.autolux.net, hit the Autopod icon at the top, and you can click the link to go over to SoundCloud or just listen to the Autopod right on the Autolux.net webpage and see all the image we were talking about for this podcast. In closing, the e-prototype is going to bring back what once was great about the Honda lineup. This is Everett J saying, strap yourself in for one fun wild ride from Autolux Autopod.